It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Uh, welcome in. Made it to Thursday. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. I hope you missed me yesterday. I certainly missed you. It is Thursday, May 26th. The uh, M&M Cartage Hotline is open, 384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 502-384-1450. It's going to be a fun one today. It's Movie Thursday, my summer deal. Every Thursday, we're going to break down movies, look at movies. This week, it's baseball. I polled a whole lot of people, and I've got the winners. The polls are closed, by the way. I've got the winners and the uh, greatest baseball movies of all time. So 384-1450 if you have an opinion. And if you'd like to text it to me, you can use the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Thornton's, it's the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like fresh coffee, delicious donuts, and maybe today go in there and get you an umbrella. But that's the Thornton's text line, 414-1450. Top baseball movies of all time. I'll spend... The majority of this hour talking about that. I will talk a little NBA playoffs, some Major League Baseball, college baseball, tournament time is underway. Uh, Mike Woodson and Tom Allen visited Huber's Orchard yesterday. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Colin Kaepernick works out for the Las Vegas Raiders. Will he be in the NFL next season? Question mark. Or was this just a public relations ploy by Mark Davis and the, uh, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders? We'll get to that as well. By the way, I'm going to do the Shady Rays promo. I love my Shady Rays. I've said it before. Uh, you don't have to pay me to talk about Shady Rays. They're great. You don't need your Shady Rays today. I'm supposed to go swimming with my grandson at about 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock tonight. I don't think we need the pool. It is torrential downpours out there right now. And as I look at my weather app, I don't see it getting a whole lot better. Now, I've been told there are always windows in the Ohio Valley. There's always a window. There's always a break in the action where you can uh, stay outdoors for a few minutes here and there for a half hour at a time. Doesn't look like it today. The one day that I plan to take my grandson swimming, and here we go. All right, the Celtics uh, take control of the series with a win in Miami last night, 93-80. to they now lead that series 3-2. They'll go back home to Boston for a Friday night game tomorrow. By the way, Celtics, eight-and-a-half-point favorites in that game tomorrow early. Yikes. What happened, Miami? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Injuries. If you watched the game last night, uh, Miami was 7 of 45 from three-point land. They missed 38 three-pointers. 38. That's hard to do. It's hard to shoot that many in a 48-minute game but they missed 38 three-pointers. And the guy that's hurt the worst is not the guy that didn't dress last night, Tyler Hero, who didn't play for the second straight game. It's Jimmy Butler. He was throwing up air balls. He's got knee inflammation. He can't get any lift on his jump shot, and he wasn't close last night. He finished with a warrior-like 13 points, 4 of 18 from the field. It was, it was, it, and it was hard to watch. In these NBA playoffs, this round of the playoffs, I'm talking conference finals, 
Dallas Golden State, Boston Miami have been difficult to watch. Almost every game has been a blowout, double digits. Maybe close at halftime here and there, but a blowout. Almost every game of these conference finals has been a blowout. In this Boston-Miami series, there's been some bad basketball play. Dallas has played some bad basketball. Golden State in game four of that series played bad basketball. And I love the NBA. And I've said numerous times on this show, I would rather watch a mediocre NBA game over a mediocre college game. Because the talent is better, the shooting is better, the action is better, the pace is better. Everything's better about an NBA game. It hasn't been in this round of the playoffs. Hopefully, whoever gets to the finals, and it looks like Boston and Golden State at this point, will give us some exciting, good basketball. Because there's been some bad shooting nights, really bad, including Miami last night. Turnover nights. Games that were decided by halftime. TNT and ESPN and ABC cannot be happy with the caliber of the playoff games in this round. The The rounds before this, Milwaukee-Boston was, was great. Miami-Philadelphia, fun series to watch. Dallas upsetting Phoenix. Great basketball. But this round has been atrocious. Jalen Brown, 25 for the Celtics last night. Jason Tatum had 22 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists. Al Horford, who I continue to say is the key to this team, had 16. Derek White, 14. Uh, Marcus Smart was in double figures. Here's the thing, and I heard this today on another show. I'm going to steal it a little bit. When you look at Boston and you look at Golden State, neither one of these teams is a – has built a super team. Now, Golden State did it. They did that when they brought in Kevin Durant. They won a couple of titles. Then he left. He's no longer there. These are homegrown talents on both of these teams. When you look at these two rosters, the Celtics, four of their five starters were draft picks. Jason Tatum was the number three pick in the draft. Marcus Smart was the number six pick in the draft, believe it or not. Jalen Brown was drafted by the Celtics. Robert Williams III, who's been a big key in this series, drafted by the Celtics. You go to their bench, Peyton Pritchard, drafted by the Celtics. Grant Williams, drafted by the Celtics. When you look at Golden State, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Kevon Looney, four of the five starters, drafted by the Golden State Warriors. Kaminga, off the bench, drafted by the Warriors. Jordan Poole, drafted by the Warriors. These are not free agency-made teams. These are good draft teams. These are general managers and organizations that did their job at the draft and got the guys they wanted. And Jason Tatum was the third pick in the draft. The Celtics had the first pick. They traded down to number three because they knew Philadelphia wanted Markel Fultz who is now trying to revive his career in Orlando. And they knew the Lakers, with the two-pick, were going to take Lonzo Ball, who's now a Chicago Bull. Danny Ainge, GM at the time, president of the team, I think, at the time, said he loved Jason Tatum. But he knew he could get Tatum with the third pick. So he got a little bit of draft capital, saved a little money on the draft pick, and got Jason Tatum at number three. Jason Tatum 
first-team All-NBA. It was announced uh, yesterday. He's a superstar now, and he's getting better and better every time out. Jalen Brown, same thing, getting better and better every time out. Pac-12 guy, nobody knew a whole lot about Jalen Brown. Great draft pick. Marcus Smart, he uh, had a little issue at Oklahoma State. I think he went into the stands and got into it with a fan at one point. But he was the sixth pick in the draft. Celtics took him, and when they took him, he was a scorer at Oklahoma State. That's not his job now. He has accepted his role, and this year was the defensive player of the year. Robert Williams III, Texas A&M. I think it was Texas A&M, SEC school, maybe Mississippi State. Texas A&M, Tony Burke will tell me if I'm wrong. I think it was Texas A&M. It took a while. He was up and down between Boston and the Maine Red Claws for a few years, playing in the G League. Now he's a difference maker. Miami Heat, they can't match up with Robert Williams III, not even with Bam Adebayo. They can't match up with him. The Celtics have length. They have size. They can shoot. They can get to the basket, and they play unbelievable defense. I don't know if they're going to win it all. I hope they do. They're my team. But, boy, they looked good again last night, especially defensively. And let's be honest. What we're seeing in these playoffs, what we're seeing in this round of the playoffs, is the team that shoots the ball better from three-point land wins the game. you got to defend the three. The Celtics did that last night. But if you are live by the three, like Dallas does, like Golden State sometimes does, not all the time, but sometimes does, like Boston will do at times, and like Miami had tried to do last night, got to make them. Dallas missed a bunch in the first three games. They made a bunch in game four. That's why there's going to be a game five against Golden State tonight. Celtics trailed by five last night at halftime. It was a, it was a, um, a slugfest. It was a street war. It was 42-37 to 37 Miami at halftime. The Celtics came out. Scored the first eight points of the second half. Jimmy Butler missed a wide-open three-pointer and an open 12- to 15-foot jump shot. Airballed, as a matter of fact. The Celtics decided at halftime, Jimmy Butler's not scoring here. He's not trying to score. He's not looking to score. He's having trouble shooting the basketball. We are no longer going to play Jimmy Butler as the top scorer on this team. We're going to stop somebody else. We're going to try to stop Bam out of bio. And Jimmy Butler took some shots early in the third quarter. Didn't hit them. Great decision by the Celtics defensively and their staff to say, look, Butler's hurt. Butler's hurting out there, and he's not going to beat us. He's not. So we're going to play him like he's a screener. We're going to play him off the ball. We're, we don't care. We'll go under the screen. We don't care. Jimmy Butler is not the good Jimmy Butler right now. Will he be tomorrow night? Maybe. Maybe he gets some treatment on that knee, feels better, and puts up a 40 spot tomorrow night in Boston. He better. He better. Because if he doesn't, Miami's done. Bam did have 18 points and 10 rebounds last night. But it all goes back to the three-point shot. And that's why you maybe Dallas has a chance tonight. Golden State's a seven-point favorite. Golden State wants to get out and run. Dallas wants to take their time and shoot three-pointers. 
And when they make three-pointers, they're really good. And the other thing with Dallas, Luka, if he scores 40, they lose. They're 0-3 in the playoffs when Luka Doncic scores 40 points. 0-3. They, uh, when he scores 30, they win. When he scores 30, they win. It sounds crazy. But Luka Doncic can't score 40 points. Can't do it. If he does, they lose. Because everybody stands around and watches Luka dribble and dribble and make a move and get the shot clock to five and then take a fall away jumper in the lane or a three-pointer from deep. And if he makes it great, he scores 40. But if you're the Golden State Warriors, fine. Who cares? Spencer Dinwiddie's not going to beat us, and Jalen Brunson's not going to score 25. We are going to let Luka get whatever he wants, and we'll stop everybody else. And that is the formula for the Warriors. And it's worked. And Draymond Green is Marcus Smart for this team. Draymond Green for Golden State is Marcus Smart. Now, I'm not saying he's a great defensive player, but he knows his role. His role is to be the point forward, distribute the basketball, cause issues defensively, get in the head of the other team, rebound. Because they're not big, he's got to rebound, and he does it. Marcus Smart knows now I don't have to score. I play defense on the best player on the other team. He got in foul trouble last night. By the way, Derek White, who was picked up in the, at the trade deadline from San Antonio in the Romeo Langford deal, by the way, has been outstanding the last couple of games. Smart didn't play in game four. White was great. Smart got in foul trouble in game five. White came in and was great. But Marcus Smart defends. He'll rebound. He'll, uh, you know, distribute on the offensive end. He knows he doesn't have to score. But at the same time, if you don't guard him, he is a scoring threat. So game six tomorrow night in the TD Garden in Boston. Celtics are eight-and-a-half-point favorites there. Um, you got to win that one if you're Boston. Now, I know you don't have to, theoretically. Celtics are doing something nobody does here. They've won two road games in each series so far. They swept Brooklyn, swept the Nets, won the last two in Brooklyn. They won two out of three games in Milwaukee and won that series four games to three. And they've now won two games in Miami, a team that had a great home court record during the season and during the first two rounds of the playoffs. So Celtics don't care where they play. The last half of the regular season, they won a lot of road games. They don't they defense travels. Defense travels. And the Celtics, they look like the best team in the league right now. Celtics Golden State could be a lot of fun. By the way, Golden State seven point favorite tonight. I am taking the Warriors here. I took them as an underdog the other night. I should have known better. Vegas is a lot smarter than I am. They made Dallas a one point favorite. On Tuesday night, I should have paid attention. I didn't. Dallas won that game 119 to 109. Luka had 30 points, 14 rebounds, uh, nine assists, so didn't have 40. And it was sort of a giveaway game for Golden State. They sort of mailed it in. 
Dallas had a big lead, and Golden State put the subs in, Damian Lee and those guys, and they actually cut the lead to eight with a couple of minutes left. And then Steph came back in. Uh, Steve Kerr decided to put a couple of other guys back in. But uh, it was a little too late for that. And uh, Dallas wins that one by 10. It's uh, what they call a gentleman's sweep, right? You win the first three, and then you go, yeah, we're going to let you have one here. You're on your home court. Your fans deserve a little something here. We'll let you win one. And we'll go back to San Francisco and, and close it out. And I believe that's what happens tonight. I believe it happens easily. All of these games, as I mentioned in this round, all but one, I think, have been double-digit victories by one team or the other. Celtics were favored last night. I didn't understand it. Miami's great at home. But, again, they're beat up. And Miami looked like the more tired team last night. All right, I'll give you an update on UofL baseball. They're playing Georgia Tech as we speak. The last time I checked, it was scoreless after two innings in the ACC tournament. Um, Pitt beat UofL yesterday 6-5. to five. Kentucky in the SEC tournament upset Auburn 3-1. to one. Kentucky will play LSU this evening. It's now double elimination. It's weird how they do it. ACC has pool play, and it's UofL, Pitt, Georgia Tech. Regardless of what Louisville does today against Georgia Tech, their ACC tournament is over. They can win 30 to nothing. doesn't matter. Uh, Kentucky went, eliminated Auburn in a single elimination game yesterday. Now they're into the double elimination portion of the tournament. So they'll play LSU today with a guarantee of at least one more game after that. Indiana, Minnesota tonight in the Big Ten tournament. That'll be about 6 p.m. before they get started. A lot of weather delays in all of these tournaments around the country. Uh, but we'll try to keep, try to get you a U of L score uh, after the break. When we come back, we will talk baseball movies. What's the greatest baseball movie of all time? You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. That's uh, 414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. Download Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. That's the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. I know it's raining out there, but uh, I love my Shady Rays. Uh are you tired of buying expensive sunglasses? You lose them, you break them, uh, something happens, somebody knocks them off your head, your, your grandchild knocks them off your head and they fall and smash. Well, you don't have to worry about that with Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and uh, shop for a pair of sunglasses. Great fit, great style, great performance without the big brand price tag. Uh, Shady Rays is an independent American-owned company. Started right here in Kentucky. And if they get broken or they get misplaced or you accidentally run over them with your bulldozer, Shady Rays will give you a brand new pair. Give you a brand new pair, free of charge. They also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. They've donated over 20 million meals to date. Uh, I love mine. I got three pair. My wife has a pair. Danny Raderman and the guys over at Shady Rays doing an excellent job. And exclusively for our listeners now, uh, Shady Ray is offering 25% off so you can try them out, see what they're all about. Use code BIGX at checkout for 25% all off all adult shades. That's ShadyRays.com. Um, 
I, uh, from personal experience, recommend them highly. All right, it's Movie Thursday. I do this every year. You get to the uh, dog days of summer. The NBA playoffs are in the last couple of weeks now. Um, college football, we're just not there yet. Pro football, I know it's a 365 a year, th- 365 day a year thing in the NFL, but not a whole lot to talk about there. Baseball, I love baseball. We'll talk about baseball uh, a lot during the summer, but every Thursday I like to do movies. We'll do baseball this week. We'll do basketball next week. I'll have a football week. I'll have a a boxing and slash MMA slash wrestling week. Uh, do a golf week. I, I think I said maybe a other sports that I haven't mentioned week. We'll we'll do this throughout the summer. So what happens is I send a, a text out to some friends. I send uh, some to some media members, some uh, print media members, coaches that I know, and just I ask them, what are your top three movies in this category? This week it's baseball. By the way, this is uh, extremely coincidental, but uh, Ray Liotta has passed away, according to uh, what I'm reading uh, online here. At the age of 67, he was in the Dominican Republic filming a movie and uh, passed away in his sleep, apparently. 67 years old, and it is kind of ironic because Field of Dreams, one of the movies on my list here, is uh, one of Ray Liotta's best, along with Goodfellas. If you don't know Goodfellas, shame on you. But uh, there you go. Ray Liotta passes away at the age of 67. Before I get to the list, Louisville now trails Georgia Tech 4-0. Now, this is a significant game. I know that no matter what happens in this game, Louisville is out of the ACC tournament. I get that. But right now, Baseball America has Louisville projected as the eighth seed in the nation, which means they would host a regional, a sub-regional, and then they would host a regional if they were to win that sub-regional. If you're the nine seed or worse, then you would host a sub-regional, but you would not get to host the regional. So this maybe is a big game for Louisville. Uh, After yesterday's game, after yesterday's loss to Pitt, Louisville was projected by Baseball America as the number eight seed hosting a sub-regional, which would include Vanderbilt, Virginia, and Wright State. Yikes. That's tough, but at least you'd be at home. I'm a little worried now that if they lose this game to Georgia Tech today and they're down 4-0 in the third inning, uh, maybe they're not one of the top eight seats in the country any longer. Just keep that in mind as uh, the game is uh, underway as we speak. All right, so I took the poll. I took the pulse of, uh, I don't want to say the nation, Great responses, by the way, from uh, former professional athletes that I sent texts out to, media members, coaches, um, just friends of mine that I sent it to. And it was close. It was close. Now, I'm going to give you my top three to start out because it's my show. I can do whatever I want, right? It's my show. Uh, My favorite baseball movie of all time is Bull Durham. I don't think it's – and it's not close. A look at the minor leagues through the eyes of uh, a player, through the eyes of the director, Ron Shelton. I mean, it's the best baseball movie of all time. It's that simple. Annie Savoy, Susan Sarandon as Annie Savoy. 
Uh, Tim Robbins is Nuke Lelouch. And, of course, Kevin Costner as a Crash Davis, minor league player for his entire career. He, again, cup of coffee in the majors. The comedy is fabulous. The uh, And Ron Shelton was the guy that he played. He played. He was a, he's a sports guy. He also did Tim Cup. Uh, and every baseball player you talk to, every baseball player that you saw interviewed about this movie said, yes, that is exactly what life was like in the minor leagues. Um, Trey, the late uh, Trey Wilson as the manager of the Durham Bulls could not be funnier. And look, there are two kinds of baseball movies. There's the comedy, and then there are the sappy baseball movies. I call them the sappy baseball movies. It doesn't mean I don't like them, but they're not in my top three. The natural is not in my top three. It's not. It's sappy. It's unbelievable. Roy Hobbs hitting the ball into the lights uh, during a storm, knocking the cover off the ball, getting shot, then coming back and playing in, a, in an old age for the New York Knights. It's not believable. Field of Dreams, while it's a great movie, and it came in third on my poll, it is not one of my top three because it's, it's sappy. I love it. I love Kevin Costner. I love James Earl Jones in this movie. Ray Liotta as Shoeless Joe Jackson. Fantastic. But I can't put it in my top three. I just can't. Um, Bull Durham to me, number one. Not close. Number one. Major League uh, to me is number two because it's hilarious. Uh, yes, it's unbelievable. I know that you're not putting together a team like the Cleveland Indians did in this movie. Um, the manager <laughs> uh, working at a tire store, and they call him to manage the Cleveland Indians. That's not going to happen. Ricky Vaughn coming out of prison and making the team as a relief pitcher, not going to happen. Jake, uh, whatever his last name was, the uh, old catcher who's playing in the Mexican League, with two bad knees, he's not coming back to play. I get all that, but it was it is hysterically funny. And as I said, I'm I'm more about funny than I'm than about sappy when it comes to movies. My number three is it might uh, sound crazy, but Bad News Bears, Bad News Bears, the, the first one, not the uh, not the Billy Bob Thornton one, the uh, Walter Matthau version of the Bad News Bears. From 1976, Walter Matthau, Tatum O'Neill, uh, Vic Morrow as the parent, <laughs> the late Vic Morrow, as the parent, Roy Turner, who who hires Matthau to coach his, his son's Little League team. Oh, and the kids in that movie. Forget Jackie Earl Haley, who played uh, Kelly Leak on the motorcycle, and forget Tatum O'Neill, uh, who played Amanda... Who played Amanda, the the girl pitching on the boys' team there? The kids on that Chris Barnes as Tanner Boyle, and I don't know if Chris Barnes was ever in another movie or TV show in his life. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievably funny. And by the way, some of the lines in this movie, kind of like Blazing Saddles, are lines you couldn't get away with in a movie in 2022. 
you could get away with them in 1976. And I can't repeat them on this show because the FCC won't allow it. Douglas won't allow it. But it's, I know it's inappropriate, but it's so much funnier when kids are, are, are doing this. And the kid that played Tanner Boyle, fantastic. Engelberg, the catcher, hilarious. Chocolate bars in his catching gear. Um, unbelievably funny. And Walter Matthau, as uh, Morris Buttermaker, he should have won an Academy Award. So those are my three, Bull Durham, Major League, and uh, Bad News Bears. All right, the votes I got. By the way, the first person to respond, I got to give him credit. First person to respond, and I sent this out to probably 100 people. Scott Davenport was the first one to respond. Scotty D, head coach of your Bellarmine Knights, was the first response I got. By the way, Phoenix Hill Richard just texted me, Bad News Bears number one on his list. All right. I don't blame you. But Scotty Davenport sent back, and and uh, let me let's see if I can find his three. Because first one to respond, Bad News Bears number one, the natural number two, and the rookie number three. The rookie's underrated. Dennis Quaid, it's, a, it's based on a true story about a high school coach in Texas who had arm issues when he was uh, in, in baseball, when he was playing uh, professional baseball. So he was coaching in Texas. And all of a sudden, his arm got okay to where he could throw it 93, 94, 95 miles an hour. Got a trout with, at the time, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. They uh, put him in the minors and eventually made his way back to the major leagues. And his high school team had to win their sectional or regional or whatever it is. And, you know, they said, if we win this, you have to go try go to this trial camp. And it did. It's a true story. It's a great – it's one of those sappy ones, again, and I do like it very much. It's hard for me to not like any baseball movie. It's hard for me to – to not like any baseball movie. I will say this. I did have one professional, former professional athlete, and here's what I sent out. Verbatim. Thursday show topic, best baseball movies of all time. Send me your top three. Thank you. Verbatim. I had one professional, former professional athlete send back Tin Cup, Happy Gilmore, and Bad News Bears with Walter Matthau. So I had to say, I did say baseball, right? To which he responded, yeah, I got my cheaters on now. So he gave me some other choice. All right. let's. Uh, I'm going to start with all the uh, – what I did was if somebody voted it first on their list, I gave them three points. If they voted a movie second on their list, two points. And if they voted a movie third, they got one point. So there were eight movies that received double-digit point values. Coming in at number eight – is the movie 42. 42 with the late, great Chadwick Boseman. Uh, T.R. Knight is in that movie as well. Uh, Harrison Ford played Branch Rickey, but Chadwick Boseman playing Jackie Robinson, uh, he, was, he was great. And it's a, it's a really, really good movie. And it focuses more on how Jackie Robinson was treated than actually his baseball career and and how he and Branch Rickey had uh, sort of an understanding. Branch Rickey told him, you can't lash back out at these people. They are going to lash out at you. They're going to be racist. They're going to be hateful. And you got to turn the other cheek, basically. 
But it's basically the Jackie Robinson story. It's fabulous. It's an it's I remember there was a movie called The Jackie Robinson Story, I believe, and Jackie Robinson played Jackie Robinson. But this was updated and from 2013 it was great. Uh so it got 10 votes to finish uh eighth in my poll. Finishing seventh, Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Moneyball. I just watched the last three quarters of that movie yesterday. It happened to be on uh, AMC, and it's one of those movies when I when I hit on it, I can't I can't not watch it. It's about Oakland A's general manager Billy Bean and his attempt to change the way baseball does things. Use analytics. Baseball uses analytics like crazy now. They use it like crazy. Right, but in early the early two thousands, Billy Bean, along with Bill James of the Red Sox guy, were they were considered pariahs. They were considered pariahs because they were trying to change the game of baseball. And now you've got exit velo and and uh, launch angle, and spin rate on on pitches. They were way ahead of their time. Brad Pitt is great as Billy Bean. Uh, Jonah Hill fantastic as Peter Brand. Philip Seymour Hoffman, I hate, I hate to keep saying the late, but it fits here. The late Philip Seymour Hoffman as manager Art Howe is fantastic. Chris Pratt is in it. Uh, he plays Scott Hatterberg. Um, the guy that played David Justice was great as well. But, again, based on a true story, the A's don't win it. They actually get knocked out in the playoffs. But uh, Moneyball, great movie. It's a long movie. It's uh it's deep as far as length, two hours and 13 minutes uh, from 2011, but fantastic. All right, we'll take a break. I'll give you the top six after the break. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment, Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 384-1450, 384-1450. Or you can hit me up on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Talking greatest baseball movies of all time. Texter says, I'm older than you, I suspect. And well, congratulations for that. And I'm old enough to remember Dizzy Dean. Not a great movie, but a good one about a Hall of Fame pitcher who is the best baseball announcer that we have ever seen. I don't know about that either. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's an old one. It's an oldie but a goodie. All right, um, number six on our list of, uh, and again, these were uh, tabulated from friends, colleagues, uh, media members, coaches, former uh, professional athletes. I sent about 100 texts out, and we're going to do this every week. Next week, we'll do basketball, but uh, greatest baseball movies of all time. Number six on the list with 14 total votes, League of Their Own. Uh, two sisters joined the first female professional baseball league. That's during the war. Uh, Gina Davis, great as the catcher. Dottie Henson. Tom Hanks, of course, the manager, Jimmy Dugan. You can never go wrong with a Tom Hanks comedy. Uh, 1992, it got 7.3 stars out of 10 on uh, IMDb, which is my favorite website, by the way. Uh, league of Their Own. Lori Petty played Gina Davis's sister, Kit Keller. Uh, Madonna was in there. Rosie O'Donnell was in there. Tracy Reiner. Ann Cusack, sister of John Cusack, was one of the uh, players. Um, 
It was great. Gary Marshall as uh, the owner of the league. Um, superb movie. Superb movie. And, uh, you know, exciting, comedic, really good baseball. Really good baseball. League of Their Own comes in number six. Number five with 16 points, The Natural. Again, I'm not a huge fan of this film. Not a huge fan. 1984, Robert Redford, uh, he's a middle-aged unknown, comes out of nowhere uh, and becomes a legendary baseball player at at an advanced age. Um, It's sappy. It did get 7.4 stars on IMDb, so a lot of people like this movie. Robert Duvall as the media guy, the writer that's, trying to figure out where this guy came from. He's really good. Glenn Close uh, has a, a sort of small role here. This is a, his a love interest that comes back from from before when he was younger. Kim Basinger is in this movie. Wilford Brimley as uh, Pop Fisher, the manager of the New York Knights, is great. Barbara Hershey, Robert Prosky, uh, Richard Farnsworth, Joe Don Baker plays a a Babe Ruth type of character. Great cast. Unbelievable cast. I just don't see it, I, you know, as a top three movie that anybody would put on their list as top three baseball movies. I just don't see it. I think there are too many other ones that are better baseball movies. Number four is The Sandlot. Who doesn't love The Sandlot? 1993, 7.8. That is the highest rated baseball movie on our list here. According to IMDb, it's 1962. It's the summer. Uh, there's a new kid in town, and he go he finds these guys and these friends, and and just plays plays baseball in the Sandlot. And there's uh, James Earl Jones as a blind former player. He's got a dog who you can't hit, if you hit the ball over the fence, you can't get it because the dog. I think they called him the Beast. Was uh, <clears throat> excuse me was. You, you just couldn't get your ball back. Uh, you had Squints. You had Yaya, uh, Benny the Jet. Um, that was a great movie. Great movie. And You're Killing Me Smalls. That is the famous line, the famous line from the movie, You're you're Killing Me Smalls. You're just, you're killing me, Smalls. And it was uh, Ham, I think, who said it, right? Ham, Hamilton Ham Porter who said uh, the famous line, you're killing me, Smalls. Sandlot 2, Sandlot 3, not so great. But uh, the Sandlot, fantastic. And I I will say this about the Sandlot. I made the mistake of not watching it until I was probably in my 40s. And I had been told, hey, you got to see this thing. And they were right. People were right. It's great. Number three, Field of Dreams, 1989, Kevin Costner. James Earl Jones, the now late Ray Liotta, Amy Madigan. Um, he hears voices in his cornfield in Iowa. Build it and they will come. Build it and he will come. Well, he is, turns out to be Ray Kinsella's father. But at the beginning of the movie, he is actually Julius Joe Jackson, played by Ray Liotta. Um, it's fantastical. It is unbelievable. Um, Moonlight Graham, that part with Burt Lancaster and Frank Wiley playing the old old Moonlight, the young Moonlight. That's a terrific story. It's a fun movie. 
It's a feel-good movie. I like it a lot. It got 30 points in, in my poll. So uh, in my, my, you know, text poll here. So it, people love it. People love Field of Dreams. And I do. I have watched it many, many times. Doesn't mean I love it. It means I've watched it many, many times. Again, it's sappy. It It's a make-me-feel-good movie. But it's a movie that's you can't believe. You just you have to suspend reality to watch Field of Dreams um, and have any kind of uh, love for that. And I look, I'm a huge Kevin Costner fan, but Field of Dreams, I'd rather watch Tin Cup or um, No Way Out or you know, obviously Bull Durham. All right, number two, you know what the number the top two are here. Number two is Major League. It just got eked out. Thirty-seven votes for Major League. Uh, 1989, maybe the funniest of all of these baseball movies. I put the Bad News Bears up there with it as far as humor. Major League Two, Major League Three didn't do nearly as good, but this cast uh, of the movie Major League was fantastic. The 1989 story, uh, it's a fictional story, but it, it came at a time when the Cleveland Indians were so bad that the story was how can they make make the playoffs? How can we make the Cleveland Indians a lovable team that is not only terrible but wins? And that's what they did. The new owner is trying to make them so bad that they'll have to relocate to Miami. She wants to move the team. The team finds out about it, and then they're dedicated to winning. Tom Berenger is Jake Taylor, the catcher. Charlie Sheen as Ricky, the wild thing, Vaughn. Corbin Burnson, a memorable performance as third baseman Roger Dorn. Uh, James Gammon as Lou Brown, the uh, tire dealer turned manager, is fantastic. Uh, Rene Russo is Jake Taylor's love interest. Wesley Snipes as Willie Mays Hayes. Runs like Hayes, hits like Mays. Catches the ball early in the uh, movie, a basket catch. And Lou Brown, of course, says, great catch, Hayes. Don't ever do it again. Chelsea Ross plays Eddie Harris, and of course, my favorite character, if I can find him here, is Dennis Haysbert as Pedro Serrano. Couldn't hit the curveball. But it's a hilarious movie uh, set in the late 80s. Cleveland Indians. Steve Yeager, a real baseball player, is in it. Um, Pete Vukovic. It's funny, Steve Yeager is a former National League catcher for the Dodgers. He plays a pitcher. And Pete Vukovic is a former major league pitcher for the Brewers, among other teams. He plays a batter. So they sort of swapped roles here, but they're great. Both of them are great in their roles. A major league, a very deserved, in my opinion, number two choice. Number one, 1988, no doubter, Bull Durham. Uh, it's the one that started them all because the top three movies on this list of mine are from 1988. Bull Durham, 1989 Major League, and 1989 again Field of Dreams. Mid to late 90s, or mid to late 80s, and then early 90s, that's when you had all these movies. Sandlot was 93. Natural was 84. League of Their Own was 92. This was just an era, about a 10-year period, where baseball movies were hot. And, it, you know, it started with The Natural, but then it really got going with Bull Durham. Uh, Annie Savoy. Trying to choose between Ebby Calvin, Nuke Lelouch, and Crash Davis is a great subplot of this story. Uh, but the best part of the story, the best part of this movie are the baseball scenes. 
the scene on the mound where they're trying to figure out what to get for a wedding gift is classic. Um, the When Crash Davis tells the batter what pitch is coming and he hits the bull on the right field wall, just hilarity ensues. Uh, there is no better baseball movie, nor I think will there ever be, than Bull Durham. Even though it only got 7.0, on um, I, I'm I'm disappointed in my website here because uh, it's better than that. Ron Shelton directed and wrote it. He uh, lived the life of a minor league baseball player, so he knew exactly where he was coming from. It's sort of the if if you want to put a football equivalent to it, I would say North Dallas Forty, um, because it kind of takes you inside what it's really like. The bus scene with. Uh, Crash and Ebby Calvin Lelouch getting in a little bit of a scuffle. Uh, later in the movie, the other bus scene where he's teaching him how to his, what cliches he needs to use. Crash Davis is a lifelong minor league catcher. He's not young, and he's brought to a single A team to mold the new hot shot pitcher. He's not happy about it. But uh, again, this movie just works. It just absolutely works. So there you go, Bull Durham, Major League Field of Dreams, voted on by my listeners as the top three baseball movies of all time. You might have a different opinion. I'm here for it if you've got it. I'll be glad to read the messages on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Talk about it a little more tomorrow if you want to. But uh, there you go. Next week we'll do basketball. I'll send the text out Monday to the same people, and we'll try to get some basketball movies um, I know what's going to win the basketball movie. I'm not going to say it here, but I think it's going to be a landslide, especially in, in this area of which basketball movie is going to win. When you get to golf, I think there are two that will be top two, and then there will be a distance between the top two and the third favorite golf movie. Uh, football, there's a, there's a couple – that, that could be a close vote. This was a very close vote. Bull Durham got 38, and the Major League got 37. So it was a close vote. All right, uh, baseball, Louisville trails Georgia Tech, 4-0 now, bottom of the fifth. Uh, actually going to the sixth inning now uh, in Charlotte. Don't forget, Kentucky LSU tonight. Indiana plays Minnesota tonight. Uh, quickly, UofL has hired a search firm called Collegiate Sports Associates to try to help them find their new athletic director, uh, and hopefully we'll know something within a month there. All right, uh, Bats baseball tonight. The uh, Bats lost to Omaha 6-1 to one on Tuesday, or they beat Omaha, excuse me, 6-1 to one on Tuesday, lost 19 to nothing yesterday on Education Day, the day game. Bats and Omaha back at it tonight, 635 first pitch. You can tune in 605 here for the pregame with Nick and Jim. Thanks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.